Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Heavenly Father, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. We pray for humility and for openness as we receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. Um, Today I am glad to be back with you. And um, I want to share with you some important things. Amen. As Pastor Eddie said, we were in South Africa. How many were uh, in church on Tuesday? All right. How many were not in church on Tuesday? All right. Um, We were in South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Swaziland, where we have lighthouse churches. And God is really blessing the churches, and the churches are really working. So we are very happy to be part of the church. Amen. And uh, we are very determined to carry on sending missionaries, and I believe God is blessing. Amen. Today, I want to continue sharing with you on the art of hearing, or how to follow the voice of God. Amen. I'm teaching from my book, The Art of Hearing. How many have got a copy of this? How many don't have a copy yet? Get a copy today. Amen. And you'll be blessed. Tell somebody, get a copy today. All right. Now, I uh, I want to share um, with you about the Holy Spirit's guidance. Now, I believe that God guides us by His Spirit. And it's very, very important to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I just want to share with you very quickly, please. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. It shall come to pass that if thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. Amen. And all these blessings shall come upon thee. Now notice verse 1, it says, It shall come to pass that if you hearken diligently to the voice, the voice, everybody say the voice. voice. Say the voice. voice. It says, If you shall hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, God will set you on high. I believe that one of the greatest keys to being promoted and being blessed in this life is to be able to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, today I'm talking about spectacular guidance of the Holy Spirit. Spectacular guidance involves a situation where God maybe appears to you in your room, like how he appeared to Mary Magdalene. He suddenly appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden uh, where Jesus was buried, and he appeared to her, and she thought he was the gardener. That means he was so real, physically speaking, that she, he, she thought he was a physical gardener who was in the garden. So she said to the gardener, she supposing that he was a gardener, said, show me where you have hidden my Lord, and I will go and get him. You get it? These are spectacular things. They are actually frightening. You can actually be very scared if 
something like that were to happen to you, let's say the Holy Spirit appears or the, an angel appears or Jesus appears, they are quite scary events. That's why most people fall down and almost die, you know. So uh, you must realize that it's not a common thing. And uh, when you read the Bible, you get the impression you know, you have to sort of read it very carefully. Most of us don't read the Bible, and we don't read it carefully also. But when you read it carefully, you realize that there are not as many of these so-called spectacular ways by which God guides his children, uh, as we may think. God guides us normally by the voice of his spirit to our spirit. Amen. And uh, he leads us hallelujah, by speaking to us in different ways. And uh, sometimes he speaks to your mind. When he speaks to your mind, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. When something is being brought to your remembrance or your mind, it's like thinking. So a lot of people who say, God spoke to me, they are used to certain thoughts that come to their minds. When a certain thought comes to your mind, they, and they, they, you have different ways of thinking. And you sometimes, as you walk with the Holy Spirit, a time will come when you will know that that thought that entered your mind or that bringing to your remembrance, that thing that was brought to your mind suddenly was unusual. It was not the usual thinking process of your life. So that's why some people say, God spoke to me. A lot of times it is bringing to their minds. You see, I'm trying to demystify this, God spoke to me. The Spirit said to me, I was led by God, you know. Because Christians like running into the Spirit whenever there is anything. They just disappear and they use that to cover everything they are doing. You can't easily catch Christians. They just disappear into the Spirit. <laughs> Anytime you are trying to corner them on any issue. Why are you doing this? God spoke to me. Ah, And then you can't get them anymore. They have disappeared into some fog. You can't see them again. So, uh, I'm trying to demystify this whole thing. So God spoke to me, and sometimes you have the pastors, and you really wonder, you know, why doesn't God ever speak to me? I don't seem to be even hearing the voice of God like the way this brother is always here. And the Lord said to me, this and that. Then the Lord said to me, so I went into the room. When I got into the room, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he said to me this, and said, hey, I wish I would also have it like that. When I go into the room, then the Lord will speak to me. Then when I go here, then... The word of the Lord came unto me, and so on. So, but it is not like that, as you may think. One of them is that he speaks to the mind. But you see, even those who can say God spoke to me, they, have, they, they are better, they are, they are more credit worthy than, than those, of, those who, don't, who can't say that because they have faith. They believe in things. Some people don't believe in anything. And, and, and when you are a believer, the Bible says that you, you please God. So God is more pleased with people who believe in things. You get it? That's why we never have some miracles and some healing. Well, we don't believe in such things. You get it? So we've got to believe in things. We've got to believe in the Word. Believe in the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? amen. Alright, so uh, 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 sometimes there is a need for a more spectacular, another way that God um, speaks to us or guides us, one of the gentle ways is through His peace. Like for instance what we call the peace that passes understanding. I mean, if you are going through all sorts of problems, all sorts of difficulties, none, none of the things that is happening gives peace. But you have peace. You get it? That's what the peace that passes understanding. That's, you can't understand why you should have peace. 
You get it? Or you are going, should I go here or here? But when I go here, I have peace. You get it? Now, if you are not a spiritual person, you may begin to think that when they say, I have peace, you, you, if you are not spiritual, you can easily mix it up for when you are full. When you are full, when you've eaten and you are full, and I feel okay. And then, it's like, I have the peace of God. So, there are a lot of Christians also who mix up the peace of God with their fleshly feelings of happiness. I, I, I feel that after you've eaten the chicken and you've eaten the rice or the fufu or whatever you eat, is that I feel at peace. I feel the peace of God. That's, that's not the peace without passes understanding. This one does not pass understanding. It has understanding with it. We understand how the peace came about. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. Like let's say two brothers come to uh, propose to you. One brother, Ricky Z, he doesn't have anything. And um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he looks very, you know, very poor. And he doesn't have a car. And uh, he comes to you and he says, uh, hey, Brother, uh, Sister, good evening. I've come this evening to uh, propose to you about something that I've been thinking about. And then you say, <laughs> what, 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 what is it? I said, I've, I've, been, I've been observing you in the church for uh, about six weeks, and I feel that you are the person that God himself has spoken to me about, that I should uh, be encouraged to be with you for the rest of our lives. <laughs> and uh, you look at him up and down with his shirt, and his collar is very dirty. You, are, you scan him, zoom, 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 zoom. And you don't enjoy the idea of marrying this brother. But Brother Slappy J comes along. And uh, he's, he's holding his car keys. Or oh, you thought it was his car. It's not his car, but his, his room keys that he's holding. And uh, he's there and he looks very, you know, and then he says, look, I just... I'm just going to drop my sister and I'll come back. But, you know, sister, I was talking to her about something. I'm like, you know, <laughs> you look very beautiful, sister. You know, I, I, I've been thinking about you, sister. You know, I've missed you, sister. I've been waiting for your call, sister. And then it's going into you. So then you come and say, I feel the peace of God about Slappy J. You, you feel the peace that has understanding. You don't have the peace that passes understanding. All I'm on each other. <laughs> Do you see the difference between the pieces? Yeah. One has understanding, one passes understanding. You get it? Yeah. One there's understanding with it, one is beyond understanding. Like, why would you have peace when there's all this contrary things? Why do you have peace? Ricky Z wants to marry, so you look at him and you he does not look like somebody with a future. But you say, I have the peace about Ricky Z. Yeah, that's the peace that passes understanding. You get it? So a lot of times, that's why I, I often say that, a lot of Christians say that God spoke to me, God spoke It's often something else. And that's why we need to go. So when a spiritual person who fasts, who prays, who waits on God, who can descend between the natural... For instance, when the Lord told me to marry my wife, I mean... I was initially, for some time, I fought it because I thought it was the peace that had understanding. Because she was beautiful to me. I loved her. I liked her. I liked the sound of her voice. 
I like her face. I like everything about her. Get your own beloved and stop giving people fans. Huh? Her food was good. So there was peace that had understanding. <laughs> Amen. So, so many times, and, and, and like I'm saying, you have a lot of people who say, God spoke to me. Because you see, and, and a lot of sisters, when people propose to them, I mean, they don't really look at, I mean, spiritual. They, they assess the guys. Uh, they look at you and they say, mm, is there hope for my brother? And then they go and they laugh among the friends. Look, look at, look at, look, look, look at what somebody said. But you, and then they, they say, that you, when you look, am I your type? I, I, am I the type that can marry you? And all that is not the peace of God. So, but there are times when God moves outside. Amen. Those normal ways of speaking to us. And he speaks spectacular. Let me give you four reasons why God may speak to you in a spectacular way number one because it involves something very important for your life and ministry maybe something very very important that god needs to catch your attention number two because all other methods to reach you have not worked there are times when god will speak to you because every other way you know um uh, uh, every other way he's trying to speak to you by the peace of God that you, you never think, you never, you are never quiet, you are never restful, you get it. So you, you never know about the peace of God, you, you, you can't see it, alright. The next is, uh, God may speak in a spectacular way because sometimes God shows mercy to stubborn people, amen. God shows mercy sometimes to stubborn people. So sometimes God speaks in a spectacular way because he's showing you mercy. He's being merciful to you. You get it? And the last one is that God may speak in a spectacular way because it involves something very important for his church. Amen. All right? The Apostle Paul and his salvation was an example of someone who was spoken to in a spectacular way. Amen. The first reason was because... Well, Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13, Paul was destroying the church. Amen. He was destroying the church. So it was very important at that point for him, for God to intervene. I remember many years ago uh, when we had our church at the canteen, you know, I used to be worried. There were several different people who came up as people who persecuted our church. And one day, the Lord spoke to me and told me, again, you see when I said the Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me and told me that unless a person's persecution is going to really destroy the church, he will not stop it, but he will allow it. And that I shouldn't worry that when it gets to a place that the person can actually change the course of the church, he will remove the person. But until then, or unless that is the case, whatever is going on will go on. And persecution is sometimes good. In fact, many times it is good. And the persecutions we have been through as a church, from being persecuted by the medical school administration at a point, at a point they were friendly, at a point they were trying to get us out of there, to some of the rebels and orangus we've had in our church, to some of the situations we've had in Collegio, some of us will wonder, 
Why did God never hear our prayer? When we, people were attacking us, we were breaking down our walls, burning down our, you know, it looked as though God didn't seem to mind our prayers. We prayed and prayed and prayed. We prayed in the night, prayed in the day, fasted, declared. Sometimes a pastor asked me, do you pray? You know, pastor, do you pray? Then another pastor called and said, do you, do you go on prayer walks? You know, then he asked me, another one asked me, do you, have you had communion? I mean, various questions were asked. You know, because it's like, how can these guys persecute us and God doesn't seem to do anything? Many times, God will allow things to the point. If it's at a point, and what has happened has not changed the course of this ministry. If anything, it has rather matured us. It has rather humbled us. Because it's good to be humble. It's good when people look down on you. It's a good experience. Amen. It, it, has, it, has, it made us raise money. We bought a new building. It, 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 has, it, has let, it has made me learn so much. That's why I'm, I'm not impressed, let's say, with NPP. I'm not a supporter of NPP. I don't, I don't think till I die I'll support any political party. I'm not impressed with them. I'm not impressed with NDC either. So some of them came around and said, Brother, I told some NPP people, I said, when we were being attacked here, where were you? You never showed up. Now you are coming to show up and say we should support you and we should be openly the friend of MPP uh, people. That are, I mean, there's no need of that. You people, today you are here, tomorrow you are gone. We can't support any of you. That is why when we provide street, some of you don't know, we provide street lights for Polygonal community. Free of charge. That's our contribution. I said, I told them when they were organizing, don't bring any politician here. I don't want to see the face of anybody here. It's just something we are doing as a church. We provide clinics for the people. Do it. No, we provided televisions. You go around Collegono in the evening, you see people gathering around television. We gave those televisions to them as a gift from our church to bless the community. We don't want to see any politician coming near us to tell them that, so that they will come and take picture. Uh, yesterday evening, uh, Lighthouse of International presented to Honorable so and so. No, there's no Honorable any, uh, person anywhere. If they are Honorable, they should come and do something about what is important to be done about, what they can do things about. Amen. So, we, I learned not to trust politicians. You get it? I learned not to trust anybody or to give myself. I don't need them. They don't need me. I need, they, we need each other in the sense that we are all in the same country. But we don't need you know, to be a whatever church or we are not at any, any church. And, and, and we voted against NDC officially because they officially broke our walls and up to today, we don't have any explanation. So since they came as, against us officially, we also had to officially... And we are waiting for the new people to come and do something about our walls. We were there when their MP for this area, she came around, said after the election, oh, we, well, this is not a problem, so can you show us the papers? And so we gave all the documents and everything. Since then, two years ago, we haven't seen them again. So we are watching all of them, all of them in the same buckets, as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, God will not really get involved unless he has to. It's not spoiling anything. It's not doing anything. It's rather maturing you spiritually. If God, look, those of us here in the church, if we were, God were to hear our prayers, a lot of people would be dead. How many have realized that you have wished certain people would die for some time now? Raise up your right hand. Raise up your right hand. Yeah. If God were to follow the prayers of Christians... That it will be more than HIV or even war. People will be dead all over. 
Because he's listening to this prayer. Bah, he's killing, 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 killing. <laughs> God cannot just kill everybody because you are annoyed with the person. And God has allowed certain people to be alive to persecute you, to accuse you, to harass you, to bring you to your knees, to humble you. He won't die there. He's going to stay. There are some husbands and wives who have been praying for each other to die. <laughs> I spoke to one husband. He said, I've been praying for my wife to die for many years, but she has not died. <laughs> because it's like in the Christian context, unless the person dies, you can't be free. God does not just answer these prayers. Otherwise, we will all be dead by now. So God speaks in a spectacular way when it is really necessary. And now Paul had persecuted the church. He was destroying, he destroyed Peter. He killed Stephen, the latest young pastor who was going to go and become, probably take over after Peter, was dead under Paul. Now he had got reinforcement and was going to now attack the church even more. God now moved to speak to Paul. Because I gave you the reason that he was destroying the church. Because it involves something very important for the church now. Because now he's going too far. You get it? Number two, God wanted to show mercy to a stubborn person. Like uh, Paul. He says, who was before a blasphemer? In 1 Timothy 1.13. And then God wanted to save Paul's life. Because no one can destroy the church and get away with it. Amen. Are you there? So there are times when God gives spectacular, unusual guidance so that his work and his will can be done. Amen. I, I have seen God speak to me when I'm under the most severe pressure of my life and ministry. And, and, and there are pressures that you cannot know and I cannot explain to you, but in those moments, I have seen God move in a spectacular way. There was a time, for instance, I was going to die. I've seen the devil twice. And there was a time I was going to die, and it was because of a decision that I had taken. And um, I was not well. I, I said I was not going to take the medicine, and I was going to die without taking the medicine. So I was lying there dying. It was about two days had gone by, and I was on my way out. And uh, as I was lying there waiting, because I said I believe God that I'm healed, and so on. And um, there are other aspects to that reality, that you believe God that you are healed and so on. Amen. There are other things that go along with that. But anyway, I was, I was dying. It was, I, was, I was on my way. And then I would just turn my head because I had been lying down. I just turned my head like that. And when I turned my head, right on my, the side of my bed was a demon. A, like a, it was like a monkey. A real I saw the monkey with the table with the sitting on the table like a lampstand, small one like that, sitting there. When I saw, I jumped and I immediately knew that there was something wrong, something very wrong. And immediately I felt led that I, I shouldn't die. I mean, I shouldn't die. <laughs> I should take the medicine that will make me well, and I did. And I'm, I'm still alive, I'm still around preaching. <laughs> I'd have died out of my stubborn. Faith, it was faith, but God was showing me mercy. And it was important for me that I should not die at that time. When I was going to Tamale, we had a serious accident. We somersaulted all over the place. I was with five pastors. And uh, 
We somersaulted all over. We, from about here to where the second row of cars are at the back there, the car turned over. We couldn't come out of the car. I crashed. I was with five of my pastors. Blood was dropping from the window. We were all in the car upside down. And then we came out of the car through the roof. And the car was about to explode. And I was with uh, pa uh, Pastor Kakra, who is a prophet. And the Lord had not spoken to him. <laughs> the Lord had not told him anything. In fact, the first thing he said, he said, hey, if I had died, I would have been very surprised. <laughs> it's like he'd have found himself in heaven suddenly. He'd have been very surprised. And so would I have been surprised. But it seems that the Lord did not prevent that accident. He did not seem to want to prevent that accident. And he allowed us to have the accident, smash the car and everything. But when I came, I was annoyed. I was annoyed with the Lord. Oh, yeah, I told the Lord, listen, Lord, there are a lot of people who are doing various things. I have taken it upon myself to preach. You get it? Oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about. So I'm taking it upon myself to preach. I've traveled from Accra. I drove from 7 a.m. I drive myself. Even I'm saving the church money by not having a driver. I drive myself. And I've gone all the way to preach. And these are all pastors in the car. And you are trying to kill me in addition to traveling to preach. <laughs> I was very angry with the Lord for some time. But gradually, the Lord corrected me, corrected my heart. And he didn't seem to want to stop it. He allowed it to happen. And the Lord corrected me. And through that, in fact, I saw a whole... At that point, I saw a whole lot of things that would happen if I died. Oh, yeah. Since that time, I realized that if the Lord wants me tomorrow, I can easily not be around tomorrow. Which is important for everybody to know. It's not only me who can easily not be here tomorrow. You too can easily not be here tomorrow. You are looking at me. And saying, Could this be the last message that he's preaching? Maybe he's preaching prophetically about his death, but he doesn't even know it. Your mouth like I'm preaching prophetically about my death. <laughs> think about yourself. Don't think about somebody. <laughs> but the Lord didn't stop it. And I learned a whole lot of things. One of them was not to speed. These days when I see people going very fast, they are going somewhere very fast. I just look at them and say, there are certain things you don't know. You see, there was a time if I'm going from here to Takradi, you know that I've planned that nobody should overtake me, but nobody can overtake me from here to Takradi unless you have some motors. I mean, but I will pass, I'll pass the cars all the way. And I learned on that journey that you see, when you are driving uh, from 80, from about 80, 90 kilometers upwards, your risk of dying starts to go like this. But at first, the risk is like this. Then it goes like that. But you don't know. You think you are getting there faster. So the one I see before, I said, one day I was on the motorway, I was just coming. Then I just said, I said, hey, Jehovah, Jehovah. Then somebody came about, Jehovah, another one, Hoo! I said, mercy, Lord. I said, these people have not got revelation. Revelation. <laughs> it has to be revealed to you. <laughs> because they can say and say and say and say and say, but if you have been in it, you see, not many have been in a car. Some sort, you came out and you are still moving around. It's the grace of God. It's the mercy of God. When you see that, I see people doing something. And also I realized that, look, if I had got into the church and uh, even I didn't get to the church, I didn't get to the program, and I'm dead. What is the use? What is the rush? I left here in the morning. I was traveling. 
700 and something kilometers. So these days, when I see programs, they say, uh, I should come here, I should preach here, then after that, I should go here. I said, My friend, I've seen all these things before. I won't come. I won't come. Yeah. I've learned a lot of things I don't know. I said, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't come. I won't come. When I get there, and I, I feel this in a, and I will come. I don't rush around too much. Yeah. Because if I was dead, and when I came back, I came to the church and I saw the church and I said, ah, so it's like uh, by now I'm dead. And because of one program that somebody, and you see sometimes people put pressure, why are you not coming to our church? If you don't come to our church and this and that, and why don't you come? You're not visiting us. And because all these people are my children, I've sent them, everybody wants me to come. So I learned something. I said, my brother, if you like, leave the church. I won't come. That's all. When I have time, I will come. If I, I will come. There are a lot of places I haven't been to. In Ghana, Australia, I've never, I've never I've been there for camp meetings, churches, conventions. I've not been there, but I don't know when I'll go there. Maybe the time comes, I'll go. If I have time, I'll go. If I don't have time, I can't go there. Waiting. I, I'm also alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I, 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 there are some things that you learn that if, when, the, when you read it, you're rushing, you're moving, you're doing something, be too much. In the end, it just becomes smoke. Take your time. I learned it. So God didn't seem to be intending to stop that thing. And there are some problems you are going through. You may be thinking, God send an angel to arise and speak on my behalf. Sometimes, especially in marriage, you need a judge. You see, sometimes this person says, this person says, so it's like there are two. You see, marriage is like a court case without a judge. Do you understand what I'm saying? That there's no judge to say, okay, overrule. Okay, now speak. Okay, prosecution. Okay, uh huh. Now the final judgment is that you are right and you are wrong. There's no judge. This one has his point. This one has his point. And who is right? God will not rise up many times. And sometimes it's too humble. Jesus became humble. No angel appeared when he was on the cross. Even when he was on the cross and they put him between the two teeth, he could have opened his mouth and said, look. It's not uh, just before. It's not everybody who is on a cross who is a thief. Okay, you people must know that not everybody who is hanging on a cross is a thief. Some of us we are not here because we are thieves. In case you are thinking I've stolen something, but he didn't say it. He just went through it. You think what you want to think. We always want to correct people. We want God to prove that we are right, and we want God to prove that we are we were we were up, and and we want to look good, and we want to look up and not down, and it's all our pride. And sometimes God just refuses to get involved, so that you just be as you really are, nothing, and, and then you just cool down. Oh, I know, I know, I know. How we would like to kill people, we would like people to die if we were to have our way. Uh, God will not. We would like angels to appear, but God will not. Until it's necessary. When it is necessary, it will happen. But until then, walk in humility. Walk in the Lord. How many times did angels appear to Jesus? In the garden of Gethsemane, when the whole thing was crucial, angels appeared and helped him. Before he went to Gethsemane and so on, at the Mount of Transfiguration, then uh, the, uh, Moses and whatever appeared to strengthen. That's all. Apart from that, he's been moving. He would talk about, he said, I am from my father. Because he was always praying. How many of us, even pastors, can say, I am from my father? You are not from your father. You are from your kitchen or you are from your house or you are from somewhere. He said, and I go to my father. He said, I'll be with you a little while and I'll go back. We as pastors, we like to be with people a long time. But Jesus, I'll be with you a little and I will go back to him that sent me. To be with him and fellowship with him. And he was always with his father. Fellowship. I am from my father. And I go to my father for he has sent me. 
So brothers and sisters, when it's time for angels to, to appear, they will appear. For spectacular visions and dreams, how I pray all the time. I can pray for hours just asking God for visions because I love God and I want to see him. I want to talk with him. I want to experience supernatural, spectacular things. But if he doesn't give it to me, I just keep on. And there are times when I preach and I talk, people talk to me and say, it's like you are a prophet. It's like you know. Because many of the things that are supernatural, they are not spectacular, but they are supernatural. They are happening real. But I may not say it in that way. My sister, come. Listen, this is what the Lord said. I saw you in a vision yesterday. And the Lord said this, 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 and that. I may not talk to you like that. But I may say, my sister, be careful about this. You know, this, this, and that, and that. I'm speaking like a prophet. But I may not bring it in the way you may want. To come and do some shaman. But it's still spectacular. It's, it's still supernatural. It's anointed. Just in the preaching like this. That today I've said a lot of things that affect a lot of you here. You have to hear God speaking to you. The fact that I don't call you out. I don't say to you, sister, the Lord says this and that and that and that. No, no. If you want that, you will get trouble. Because when you are seeking for something, you see that, ah, a mouth. You see, there are some Christians who are like newborn sparrows. Have you seen a newborn sparrow before? One day I came to park my car and I saw a bird's nest had fallen down. And there were some sparrows inside. They had just come out of their eggs. So I looked closer. And here were the sparrows. They are opening their mouth. Waiting for their mother to put something in. From Christians, their mouths are like any lie, anything that you say, they will just swallow it. And that's why they can easily be deceived about almost anything. Because we want something. But God wants you to grow up reading your Bible. You, let me tell you something. If you don't read your Bible, I question mark your Christian. I don't think you are born again. Now, I want to tell you in, in case Jesus comes, I'm free. Because I've told you. If you don't read your Bible, you don't pray. I seriously question whether you are a born-again Christian. You don't read your Bible, you don't pray. It's only church you come and see that. I seriously question because there are whole have you, have you forgotten where Jesus said five virgins were five were taken, five were left. There were ten virgins. Five, who are the ten virgins? The ten virgins the people Jesus is coming for. Half were left, half stayed. And I'm sure the church, if you take it out now, I wouldn't be surprised if Jesus come right now, half of this congregation will half will stay behind. Don't tell me I didn't tell you. Because it will happen one day. So make sure, read your Bible, know him personally. And God will raise you up as a... Look, I'm here not... As I'm standing here. God has not, I mean, I'm a bishop. You don't know I'm a bishop? I've got over 300 churches all over the world. In, in Africa alone, we are in about 17 countries. I say, when I go to Swaziland, they came out clapping, coming to sit. And I, I was wondering, I've written over 40 books. You try writing a letter. You just write a letter to somebody. And then, to make it worse, try to type the letter and see. The letter will become small. A big letter that I see that it has become very small. Try to write an essay. I've preached in many countries. I'm invited not that I'm forcing myself, but I'm invited to come. Yet as I stand here, I've not yet had an angel or Jesus or somebody like appear in a supernatural way, spectacular way, to call me and say, my son, my son, dad. And I'll say, yes, Lord. My son, my son, dad. Yes, Lord. My son, my son, dad. Yes, Lord. I have called thee now out of Ghana and out of Kolegono. That shall be a special light unto me, to the nations of the world. Lift up your right hand now, then I lift up your right Receive the glorious impartation of the callings of God unto thy future and to the name of Jesus. Amen. I thought it has not yet happened. 
I still have my just my beliefs, my faith. I just believe the the word, the Bible. I'm serious. I'm very serious. I believe in supernatural and I have supernatural experiences I can tell you about. But as far as the call of God, God sending me to do his work, as I'm standing here still, I'm waiting. I've told you this story before, but I, I like telling it. I was in the house when Benny Hinn came to Ghana. One of my pastors came to stay in the house, in my house. And on the second night or so, in the middle of the night, he was sleeping in the room. The Lord Jesus himself opened the door and came into the room, walking and made him stretch out his hand and put something in his hand like it was like fire and he was telling me what happened later some weeks or months later he was telling me what happened in my house <laughs> and uh, i was just i was just looking at it and i said uh, as he was saying it, I, I said i just pretended that i was happy about it and all that but i was very bored because i look at it, i said i'm the owner of the house <laughs> And if you are coming to the house, even and why don't you even pass through my room? <laughs> Wouldn't you see the landlord first before you go and see the visitors? Could it be that he took the vision that I had been waiting for? I will not welcome him to that room again. So if you are waiting for supernatural, spectacular thing before you start obeying God, perhaps you will never get it till you die. You better learn to just be humble. And just walk in humility. So I read my Bible. And my Bible says preach the word. That's why I have come. Because I read it in the Bible. Preach. Oh, I would also like to have those type of. I was in the house when the Lord spoke. An angel came through the door and said this and that and that. Brother, I've been saying what people saw as angels. Somebody saw an angel. Somebody said, I didn't see. They saw. What shall I do about it? I just have to keep on moving humbly. Yeah. But I've come very far without all those things. Oh yeah. I've come very, very far. Very far. How far are you going? And there are some people here who have these kind of dreams that you don't go anywhere with it. Even though the Lord gives it to you so much, yet you don't do anything about it. To whom much is given, much is required. Remember, God will judge you for that. For all that you had, and yet you never used anything. You have turned your dreams into, uh, what do you call it? Plain things. Now, you can't see the difference between your dream and foolish dreams. But God will speak to you. Lift your hand and say, thank you, Jesus, for speaking to me. Thank you for guiding me. Thank you for leading me. I receive your guidance. Even if it is not spectacular, I receive it. Even if it's not spectacular, I receive it. I walk with it. I obey it. I flow with it. In the name of Jesus. Just thank the Lord right now. Father, we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet, everyone, please, as we close the service. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Sandola Oh, yes, Lord. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, just give yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm ready to obey. I'm, I'm ready to flow. Maybe your, your pastor preaches, you hear God speaking to you. Yes, God is not going to do what you are thinking he may have to do just to make you look good. No, no. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Oh, let the Son of God unfold with His Spirit and His love. Let Him fill your heart and satisfy your soul.
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.